Before we dive into the episode, I wanted to let you know I have a free on-demand masterclass called Five Steps to Writing a Novel Without Letting Perfectionism or Procrastination Get in the Way. In this free training, I cover things like where perfectionism comes from, how it's directly linked to procrastination, and what you can do right now to start making real progress with your writing. I also talk about the problem with popular plotting methods and how they can do more harm than good, especially if you're brand new to writing. And last but certainly not least, I share some of the most common mistakes I see writers make so you can avoid them and make this the year you finish your novel. If this sounds like something you're interested in, you can sign up for free at savannagilbo.com forward slash training. One more time, that's savannagilbo.com forward slash training to get your hands on this free masterclass. I think writers have a hard time with this because we're so used to watching movies and TV shows. And when it comes to watching movies and TV shows, there are a whole lot of people involved in making them. There are actors, directors, producers, there's lighting, music, settings, and all of that stuff that helps us feel things as we watch a movie or a TV show. But writers don't have any of this. All we have are words, little black marks on a page. But this is also what makes novels really amazing, right? Our words can take us deeper into a character's psyche than any movie or TV show can. Welcome to the Fiction Writing Made Easy podcast. My name is Savannah Gilbo, and I'm here to help you write a story that works. I want to prove to you that writing a novel doesn't have to be overwhelming. So each week, I'll bring you a brand new episode with simple, actionable, and step-by-step strategies that you can implement in your writing right away. So whether you're brand new to writing or more of a seasoned author looking to improve your craft, this podcast is for you. So pick up a pen and let's get started. In today's episode, I thought it would be fun to share some of the key takeaways I learned from coaching writers in 2022. And there's no real theme to these takeaways, except they're all the things I've learned from working with writers over the last 12 months. So they're all patterns or things that have come up over and over again. And I hope that you'll be able to reap some of the benefits of these lessons so that you can move forward with your writing in the most efficient way possible in 2023. So without further ado, let's dive right in. Key takeaway number one is don't be afraid to try new things. And this could apply to many things, right? But specifically, I wanted to tell you about a few different writers I worked with this year who benefited from trying new things. The first writer, and I won't name names just to respect this person's privacy, but this first writer really wanted to write a specific type of story, but she wasn't sure if it would be commercial enough. So one day she said to me, I really want to make a career out of this whole writing thing, So what if I just committed to writing really commercial romance? And this writer likes commercial romance, so in a way, this idea was kind of exciting for her, even though it wasn't totally what she had in mind at first. So fast forward to a few months later, this writer had a fully fleshed out outline of a commercial romance novel, and then she wrote an entire first draft. And we both liked the story she came up with, but it didn't really light her up inside. So then some things happened in her personal life and she had to put her writing on hold for about a month or so. And when she came back to work with me, she said that she wanted to scrap her whole commercial romance novel and go back to working on her original idea. Now, this writer could have chalked up those months that she was working on the commercial romance novel. She could have chalked that up to wasted time. I mean, she did stop working on her original idea and she veered off into romance land, but she didn't chalk it up to wasted time. And instead, here's what she learned. First, she learned that although she really likes to read commercial romance, writing this type of story doesn't really light her up. And that's really important because now she knows what kind of stories that she doesn't want to write. 
And that's a big deal because she probably won't ever feel that temptation to explore commercial romance again. And because of that, she can now focus on the kind of stories that she does want to write instead. She also told me that she learned so much about writing romantic relationships and that she envisions that all of her future books will have romantic subplots. So this experience will definitely help her writing in the future. But the biggest thing that came out of this experience for her was that while working on the commercial romance idea, she had a huge aha moment regarding her original idea. And who knows if she ever would have had this light bulb moment if it were not for trying something different. So I think that's pretty cool. And I think that we could all pull a little inspiration from this writer. The second writer I want to tell you about had her sights set on traditional publishing until she started researching timelines and profit percentages and speed to market and things like that. After she researched all of that, she decided that she would start prepping her book for self-publishing while querying agents. And she wanted to do this just to see what would happen. But then she very quickly became super excited about self-publishing her novel, so she went all in. And let me tell you, this writer is having so much fun with the whole self-publishing process right now. But on top of that, her book is about to exist in the world. Like, she'll actually be able to hold it in her hands in a few months. And who knows what would have happened if she just kept querying and was never open to the idea of self-publishing. She is super proud of herself, and it's really cool to see how much has changed for her since she made the decision to go all in on self-publishing. It's really very exciting, and she's doing something she never thought she would do, and she is just loving it. I'm really excited to follow her journey, and I'm planning to have her on the podcast next year, so you'll get to hear it from her soon. But long story short, just don't be afraid to try something new. This can apply to so many things in life and in writing. So I encourage you to just take this advice and run with it and just see what happens. The second thing I saw this year is that a lot of writers have a really hard time with interiority or getting their character's inner life on the page. And I saw this across writers of all skill levels and across all genres, so it's definitely something I'm going to tackle in a future episode of this podcast. I think this is one of those things that almost every writer can and should actively learn about and work on. And in case you don't know what I mean by interiority, let's define that really quick. So interiority is basically on-the-page access to your protagonist's psyche as they process information. So it's their conscious and unconscious responses to things. And by conscious, I mean things like memories, impressions, opinions, questions, basically all the things that the protagonist is consciously aware of. By unconscious, I mean things like auto-reactions that your protagonist probably won't notice they're having, but the reader will. So they're unconscious responses to what's happening. And basically, I think writers have a hard time with this because we're so used to watching movies and TV shows. And when it comes to watching movies and TV shows, there are a whole lot of people involved in making them. There are actors, directors, producers, there's lighting, music, settings, and all of that stuff that helps us feel things as we watch a movie or a TV show. But writers don't have any of this. All we have are words, little black marks on a page. But this is also what makes novels really amazing, right? Our words can take us deeper into a character's psyche than any movie or TV show can. And I think that's why we like to read novels. We like that close access to the protagonist as they navigate the story. So anyway, one of the things I've been doing with the writers I work with one-on-one or in my notes to novel program, and you can do this too, is that we've been focusing on first making sure that the protagonist in a story is not neutral. 
And what I mean by that is that you want to make sure your protagonist has opinions and values and preferences and their own unique worldview and stuff like that. This is what's going to make a character interesting, right? And then everything that happens will be filtered through their perspective. So through their values, through their preferences, and through their unique worldview. They'll make decisions and take actions based on how they process whatever it is that's happening. So if you have trouble with this, I want you to start there. I also recommend looking at published novels and highlighting all the instances of where a character is processing something in a subjective or partial way. And you'll probably be surprised at just how much interiority there actually is in your favorite books. So that's the second big takeaway from this year is that many writers have trouble with interiority or getting their characters inner life on the page. And I think this is something that we need to talk about more in the writing community. We talk about character and plot and setting and theme and all that, but not that much about interiority. I think we'll do a few episodes on interiority in the new year, so stay tuned for that. Key takeaway number three is that sometimes fast drafting is the key to success. And if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that I'm a fan of fast drafting to get your ideas and your story down on the page, right? I think it's really important to just get everything out of your head and into some kind of story shape, even if it's messy and if it doesn't make total sense. Because once you do that and once you see the big picture of your story, then you can figure out what you need to tweak or fix from there. In episodes 71 and 76, I talked to two different writers who basically fast drafted their stories. And if you want to hear how this idea of fast drafting benefited real writers, you can go check out those episodes. I'll link to them in the show notes so that you can find them super easily. But this idea of fast drafting is definitely worth a try if you've never done it before. There's something about the fast drafting process that teaches you to be less precious about your ideas, and it almost teaches you how to be more courageous about trying different things. Because think about it this way. A lot of writers think about drafting a novel and they assume it will take a long time, so let's say 12 months. They think about spending those 12 months on their draft and they end up wanting to make it pretty darn good because that's a lot of time to spend on something, right? But that way of thinking can lead to a lot of stress and overwhelm, and it opens up the door for perfectionism to come in. So instead, imagine if you had it in your mind that you were going to outline and write a messy draft in three months. Suddenly, it feels a little different, right? You're only dedicating the next three months to getting words down, and you know they can't be perfect words. It's like you're giving yourself three months to explore and discover your story, and when you think about it that way, it sounds kind of fun, right? Or at least I think so. And the other day, a writer in my Notes to Novel program told me that she goes through each of the exercises in the program as quickly as she can. So in the program, you watch videos where I walk you through what to do and I explain theory and all that, and then you go and do the exercises to actually make progress on your story. So that's what she's talking about. But basically, she said she does the exercises by just writing down whatever comes to mind, and then she moves on. Then, once she gets all the way to the end and before she starts outlining, she went back to the beginning of all of her answers and she started tweaking things based on what else she had learned about her story. So, for example, she did exercise one, and let's say it's about theme. Then a few weeks later, when she came back to her answers about theme, she knew so much more about her story because she had gone through the rest of the program and the other exercises. And because of that, she was able to tweak her theme statement to start making things more cohesive. And this is all before she even started outlining. So I tell you all this because sometimes moving fast through the initial draft of things can actually be beneficial. 
And I really, really like the idea of exploring things or discovering things and just taking the pressure off this initial phase of exploration or discovery. So whether that be character sketches, outlines, or even first drafts, and you can call these draft zero if you want, but basically it's this idea of getting things out of your head and onto the page so that you can see the big picture of your story and of your ideas. And then you can just start refining everything from there. So if you haven't ever done this kind of fast drafting or fast outlining or whatever it is, maybe give it a try because who knows, you might really like it. Key takeaway number four is to not be so precious about the beginning of your first draft. And it's hard not to smile a little while sharing this takeaway because I think this can apply to all of us. I see this happen all the time, whether it's in the outlining phase or the writing stage or whatever. But basically, it's this idea of not getting stuck or hung up on finding the perfect opening or the perfect way to have your act one unfold when you're outlining or writing your first draft. I mean, I see so many writers stall out when they're in this section of their story, and it's a total bummer. Like I keep saying, you have to get to the end of your outline or your first draft to see your story in its entirety before you can even know what kind of opening will be best. And when I work with writers one-on-one or in my notes to novel program, I tell them to focus on getting the bones of their beginning section down and then just keep going until the end. Then once you get to the end, you can come back around and either shape your beginning to better highlight the external and internal arcs of change, or you might realize that you need to start the story in an entirely different place or something like that. You just won't know what kind of beginning will make the most impact until you see the end of your story. So let me quickly tell you about a writer I worked with at the beginning of this year. She was writing a romance novel and she could just not get past the first few scenes of her outline. So I said, okay, what if we just don't outline the first three to five scenes? How would that feel? And at first she thought I was a little crazy, but I said, look, we know by the end of act one, your characters need to have met each other and they need to be stuck together somehow. So do you know what those moments or those instances might look like? And she did. She knew what her first meeting would look like, and she knew that going into Act 2, her characters would be in a fake relationship. So shout out to all the romance readers who like the fake relationship trope. I know that is a thing, and it's alive and well in the romance world. But basically, she knew those two key moments, so I told her to just start outlining Act 2 and Act 3, and then just see what happens. And long story short, she flew through the rest of her outline and then came back to the beginning section full of ideas because she already knew what she had to work with or what was coming later in Acts 2 and 3. So whatever you do, please don't let yourself get stuck in the opening section of your outline or your first draft. You might think that if you sit in that section long enough, you'll figure out the perfect opening or the perfect details, but trust me, you won't. Try your best to keep making forward progress and the answers you need will come. Key takeaway number five is that the aha moments always come and to just trust the process. And I saved this takeaway for last because it's my favorite. So I worked with a writer this year who basically downloaded everything she knew about her story and everything she wanted her story to be. And then she trusted me to guide her through writing a book that matched her vision. So every time we'd meet, I'd kind of reflect the big picture of what we were doing. I'd reflect that back to her and she would say, okay, Savannah, I trust you. Just tell me what to do and I'll do it. I know that you can see things that I can't, so I'm going to trust your advice. Which is actually a brave and maybe a little bit scary thing for a writer to do, I think. But anyway, she told me that sometimes it felt like she was walking through a dark tunnel and she was just trusting me when I told her that one day she would see the light and she'd start to have these big aha moments or these revelations where it felt like her story was really coming together. 
But to get to these moments, she had to keep going. And I guess now that I think about it, there is kind of a theme to a lot of these takeaways, isn't there? It's all about getting to the end so that you can see the big picture of your story. So kind of funny how that worked out, but I do think that message is really important. So back to this writer, she got all the way to the end of her first draft, and I asked her to go back and update her outline so that it matched what she wrote in her first draft. And I like to do that because then we can use the outline as a way to capture the changes that we want to make or the things that we want to set up that will pay off later. So long story short, she did all the work, she updated her outline, and then She started having all these big aha moments, and it was truly amazing to see. So in her outline, she was writing me notes about her character's arc and her plot and the things she wanted to tweak or improve or communicate better. And I would read through her comments and her notes and be like, yes, this is exactly it. It was just really cool to see. And I could tell she was kind of surprising herself in a way. So yeah, it was very cool. And here's the thing about this. This writer wasn't the only one to have this kind of experience. A lot of writers do, and you can too. The fact that she worked with me might have sped up this process for her, but you don't have to work with a coach to get these kind of aha moments. You just need to keep doing the work. So if you keep digging in and exploring your story, you will have these kind of big insights and you will produce something that's impactful and something that you're proud of. So just hang in there and just keep doing the work. And those are the five biggest takeaways that I got from coaching writers this year. I hope that you can see yourself in some of the examples I shared, and I hope this episode helps you realize that you're not alone in some of your struggles. Beyond that, I hope that you can reap the benefit of these lessons as well, and I hope they help you to keep making forward progress with your work in the most efficient way possible. And if you want my help mapping out your story and getting to the end of a draft, go mark your calendar for January 9th because that's when the doors to my Notes to Novel course will open again. The doors are currently closed because the course is getting a makeover and I'm adding in some really cool new lessons and trainings, but the doors will open again on January 9th. So if you're interested in seeing what the course is all about, then go to notestonovel.com and get your name on the waitlist. If you're on the waitlist, you'll get the chance to join early and there may even be an extra special bonus if you do. So one more time, go to notestonovel.com and get your name on the list and mark your calendar for January 9th when doors open again. So that's it for today's show. As always, I want to thank you so much for tuning in and showing your support. If you want to check out any of the links I mentioned in this episode, you can find them over at savannagilbo.com forward slash podcast. And if you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe to the show because there's going to be another brand new episode coming out next week. If you're an Apple user, I'd really appreciate it if you took a few seconds to leave a quick rating and review. Your ratings and reviews tell iTunes that this is a podcast that's worth listening to. And in turn, that helps this show get in front of more fiction writers just like you. So that's it for today's show. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Until then, happy writing. Happy writing.